episode of Setting the Tone, an ER retrospective. The show where we do a chronological breakdown of every episode of our favorite TV medical drama. My name is Elizabeth, and with me today, as always, are Lauren. Ahoy hoy. And Daniel. Hey. Today, we'll be discussing one of my personal favorites, Season 7, Episode 10, which is titled Peace of Mind. The episode aired on January 4th, 2001. Technically the first one of the new of the new millennium. Oh no, going. we're not gonna do that again. We're, we're not, not gonna we're no. not doing it again. <laughs> we're not, we're not <laughs> doing that. New year of the new year. We're not gonna we're not gonna fucking start this again. Either way, Lauren, what was going that week what was going on that week twenty one years ago? After 128 years in business and decades of mismanagement, department store mega chain Montgomery Ward announces they will shutter their remaining 250 stores, laying off all 37,000 employees. I actually remember when this happened. I oh, I do too. I don't, but fun fact, um, on the Chicago Riverboat tour that I went on with my company yesterday, we went by the old Montgomery Ward warehouse. It's very pretty. Nice. I not only uh, remember this happening, I remember it killing, essentially setting my hometown mall on a course, collision course with closure. Yeah, like, that's, that's what, that's it was what the, I remember about it. It was the, the big anchor store at one end of the mall, and then like I want to say it was maybe another six years-ish before the whole mall just shut down and is, is now gone forever. Um, yeah. But I also have like a weird Berenstein, Berenstein Bears thing with this where my entire life I have always thought and assumed and believed and can even think of, can even like mentally picture in my head the sign on the side of the store that it was Montgomery Wards with an exclamation That's, point. Yeah, I always think it is too, but then I always remember no, it's Ward. I don't think about this that often, but it is Ward. But whenever it comes up, I'm always like, that doesn't look right. There's See, supposed to be an apostrophe. It always comes up for me because where my, the town where my parents live, mm-hmm. their, their county circuit clerk offices are in a former montgomery ward oh weird yeah interesting so actually fun fact the like the first spot that i was ever aware of montgomery ward was in a clash song the right profile because i am secretly like we've talked about a 40 year old man (laughs) um the grinch may have taken over thanksgiving but it's tom hanks who wears the box office crown this week as his survival drama movie castaway debuts over christmas lizzie it's time for us to watch castaway again arguably my favorite tom hanks performance in a movie uh what about toy story i said arguably yeah it's definitely it's definitely up there and it might it might definitely be my favorite tom hanks uh where he is undisputedly like the lead guy yeah yeah like that might be it might be my favorite movie of his where it's like a a strictly tom hanks movie i have other movies that i have a warmer spot for that he happens to appear in but Mm -hmm. like this is like a unquestioned tom hanks all right i'm gonna throw this out to listeners uh here we go, guys. Forrest Gump or Castaway? Discuss. Castaway. Castaway, probably. 11 times out of 10. I'll, the only reason I throw Forrest Gump out there for me is because th- that was one that I watched all the time with my dad because he just sure. loved, like, 60s history stuff. And just Tom Hanks is the only man you could trust with that role. Sure. That's 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 all I'll say. But, um, yeah, I now I, I just I always want to watch Castaway. Um, but New Year, same number one song, Independent Women by Destiny's Child. Daniel, what else was on? At 8 p.m., Friends with the episode The One with All the Cheesecake. At 8.30, Cursed, New Year, still hanging in there. Uh, and then Wendell wore Candy Stripes. I believe they do get canceled this month. So we're almost through the Cursed portion of the What Else Was On segment. So... Fingers crossed for next week. Uh, At 9 p.m., Will and Grace with the episode Coffee and Commitment. And at 9.30, Just Shoot Me with the episode Finch and the Fighter. 
This week's episode had 30.4 million viewers tuning in, directed by uh, David Nutter, doing his third out of five. Um, First time we've seen him in quite a while. Last time he was on was Stuck on You, uh, the episode where Carter lost his beard in season five. Mm. Uh, And then he also also directed uh, No Brain, No Gain, which I believe was a season three episode. Uh, This week's episode is written by the team of Tom Garrigus, doing his first out of two uh, other series that he's uh, known for more so as a producer than a writer uh, include Joan of Arcadia, The Glades and The Night Shift. And uh, also written by R. Scott Gemmel doing his fifth out of 32. Previous one of his from earlier this season was Mars Attacks. Uh, I just had a Berenstein Bears, Berenstain Bears moment and realized I need to issue a correction before everybody yells at me. That Clash lyric was wrong. It does not say Montgomery Ward. That's just how my brain was remembering it. Carry on. (laughs) Brains Um, are fucked up. Yeah, I can... My brain is vividly telling me it's Montgomery Ward. It's not. It's Montgomery Clift. I'm... We're nope. heading, heading off nope. the clash stands before they can even finish yep. typing. Their They're going to yell at me, and then they're going to hear five minutes later when I correct myself and go, okay, cool. Uh, on, on a technical <laughs> note this week, uh, no Chen appearing in this episode, except for her lovely dulcet tones here at the very beginning when she does our previously on ER it, Stinger. It took me three listens because I was by myself trying to figure this one out today. Oh, yeah, I did the same. I So I, <laughs> I watched this episode on a plane. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I was like, I had my headphones, and we were sitting towards the back of the plane, so it was really loud. And uh, mm-hmm. I had my headphones turned all the way up, and I still was like, I think this is Carrie doing the previous right. on ER, but maybe it might be another mystery woman. It d- Chen didn't even enter my, into my uh, th- thought process until I got home and I could listen to it at my computer with my like good headphones and no outside noise, you know, in- intruding. And then I was like, Oh yeah, it's definitely Chen. Yeah. I was watching it on Lizzie's computer and listening to it on her uh, speakers versus our TV. It was, mm-hmm. it was a lot trickier. So yeah. My speakers are better quality. No, your speakers also scream like the devil if you adjust the volume at all. So <laughs> That's it, because I need to clean them. It scared the shit out of me and made me scared. In any event, we open the episode with a father and son driving to the son's hockey practice, uh, arguing about whether or not the son's going to continue playing hockey. Kind of sounds like the son is thinking about quitting and is like, maybe my grades would be better if I wasn't playing hockey all the time. <laughs> Because the dad's like, you need a scholarship. The only way you're going to get a scholarship with those grades is if you're playing hockey. Yeah. And then right as they're uh, kind of hitting the peak of their discussion here, a truck barrels right into them. Uh, And we so our our dad and our son both here are quite recognizable. The son may be less so uh, until you realize who he is. Uh, He's very young here. Uh, but dad, of course, is played by actor Jim Belushi, who appears in stuff like Red Heat, K-9, and the TV series According to Jim, uh, including many, many other things. He has 157 credits to his name. Uh, lots of Oh Hey, It's That People in this episode that mm-hmm. we will get into as we go along. But uh, he might be, certainly is the biggest name. Um, but the son here, he who I did not clock right away as I was watching this episode, it took me until I was doing the notes to realize uh, who this was, uh, Jared Pa- Padalecki? Paladecki. Paladecki, there we go. Uh, and he is best known for the TV series Supernatural, where he is one of one half of the uh, two leads in that show. Uh, but he's also appeared in stuff like House of Wax and uh, the TV series Gilmore Girls, where isn't he like kind of a fuckboy on that show? I, I hate him. I hate him so much. Oh my God, <laughs> I hate Dean. Uh, and I- also I got, I can't read either. That's Padalecki. I fucking, guys, I'm done. Um, I just hate Dean so much that it led me to not be able to read for a minute. 
Uh, Jake and I can go on hour-long discussions about Rory's boyfriends, and Dean will always be at the bottom for me. I hate his character so much. It makes me, it makes me like, retroactively despise that character and anything else he's in. It's terrible. <laughs> as as oh. someone who knows nothing about that show, it's telling how, like, when I looked in, at his IMDb and I saw that he was on Gilmore Girls and I saw the name of his character, I've heard you and Jake bitch about this character enough times <laughs> to know... That I was like, oh, they don't like him, like which which makes me. I, I'm trying to remember when Jake did his like quick uh, marathon watch through seven and eight. Like I'm, I wonder did he clock this guy in this episode because I don't remember him being like, it's this fucking asshole. I don't think he brought it up. I think he was. I don't think it was one he talked about. You and Jake just need to do a Gilmore Girls podcast. Don't I? The idea of me and Jake finding the time. To sit together like the TPC died a slow and painful death. Let alone we'll have, me and Jake trying to do something. Here's here's the here's the real idea. We'll do a Gilmore Girls podcast, but it'll be me and Lizzie. But it'll just be we won't actually watch the show. It'll just be filtered through thoughts from Lauren and Jake. Lizzie's Lizzie's seen pieces of it though, so she doesn't remember any of it probably. But I remember chunks of it. There you go. But I would, in in a heartbeat, if Jake and I actually had the time or attention spans to do such a thing, I, I would go through Gilmore Girls with him in a heartbeat. Anyway, let's get back to the episode. Uh, we're going to go to our first audio clip here. Lizzie and Mark are arriving in the morning for Mark's brain surgery in New York. Nice tip. It's New Year's Eve. He's got a long day ahead of him. Sounds okay to me. Drive around Manhattan. Listen to the radio, talk to people, no brain surgery. <laughs> Very funny. It's weird. You know, I've sent a couple thousand people to the OR. And? And I've never been myself. Oh, you're a virgin. I still have my appendix, my tonsils. The only general anesthetic I've ever gotten was in the dentist chair. That's no different, really. Ah, sure. Pull a tooth, have my skull sawed open. It's pretty much the same thing. I mean the anesthesia. Except for that part where they wake me up. At that point, you'll know things are going well. Yeah, right. Are you ready? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's fucking go, Mark. Cool. <laughs> um. I would also... I have a question for the class. Mm-hmm. Why does he have those things on oh, his head already? I complain about it in the notes later on. Oh, you do? Um, okay. Yeah, when he's shaving... You can see him under his hat, yep, though. When he's shaving his head and the leads are already placed on, I feel like that makes absolutely no sense because, like, he's not sterile. It's not... Mm-hmm. Like, you would think for brain surgery they would want shave, completely sterilize, and then place any markers on. Yeah, because they show him shaving later on in the episode. And yeah, it's like, it seems and like he has the, to shave around them. Yeah, seems counterintuitive. So... Uh, smarter medical listeners than us. Explain to us why these are there, because this seems counterintuitive. So it's a good catch. Um, but we go back to the father and son in the car uh, with first responders, including Malucci, digging them out. The son's name is Paul, and there is an excellent use of different camera angles to illustrate how disorienting being in a car accident can be, because like they're tilting it, and they're not just looking at it where the dad's upside down but they flip the camera upside down and they do some really good stuff and it absolutely having been in a car accident we didn't flip but having been in a car accident where we got surprised uh very similar feeling and then Um, you're seeing it from the dad's perspective you see malucci trying to get into the car and get the sun out Mm -hmm. 
and the dad's name is Dan Harris. So we have Paul and Dan Harris, and we are in with some bangs. Yeah, overall, I think the camera work in this episode, especially like the the cinematography, I guess you would say, is excellent. Like, and I feel like it could be one of those episodes where you either love it or hate it because Mm -hmm. there is so much POV shooting and there is so much kind of... There's a, especially I can think of there's a shot later on in the episode with uh, Mark where it's kind of a fisheye lens a little bit. And like I, mm-hmm. I could imagine that that being something that might put some people off. Um, but like overall, I just found myself watching this episode just being like so engrossed in it because of the camera work. Like the the something about the way they shot this episode just really connected with me. It's just a nice change of pace. It's, yes. Yeah, it's it's a very good shift in cinematography for the episode. They have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And then we go uh, out of the intro back still with uh, Dan and Malucci. They're in the ambulance. Uh, note that Dan mentions that his chest hurts a lot here. I just want to say Jim, uh, that Jim, Belu- uh, Jim Belushi notes that his chest you hurts. You can totally all the time. say Jim Belushi. I'll allow it. But <laughs> I had to at least try and get their character names. Because Dan is such a weird name. Uh, I, no, I get it. I, no, it's, it, it is my, <laughs> it's my least. Least favorite derivative of my name, and it's, uh, it's for some reason Midwesterners' favorite. You told us that the day we met you was you hated Dan and Danny with the exception of close friends and family for Danny, yeah. and that's why I have made sure every time to only ever refer as Daniel, and it's why it throws me off so much because Jake calls you Danny, and he's he the does. only person I know that is like allowed to do that, but... So I saw this and I, I uh, as of like, uh, as of this past weekend uh, on vacation. Spoilers for an upcoming lounge. Uh, Zahida is allowed to call me Danny now too, uh, but oh. that's a <laughs> that's a different uh, different level of uh, you know you gotta you gotta you gotta change the status a little bit before you can achieve that level, sir. We've been <laughs> podcasting with you for three years, once a week at least for gotta, three years. Hey, you know, put a ring on it and we'll see what happens. You know, hey. <laughs> you have to go to Utah for that. You're already married, man. And I don't want to move to Utah. No one wants to move to Utah. No. Anyway, hello, Utah listeners. We love you. Um, All three of you? I don't, I don't. I haven't looked at the breakdown so, by state. Anyway, we're getting off track. What happens so, next? Uh, we're in a great mental state right now. Um, but yeah, this is another scene where it's another great use of the, great use of the patient perspective as uh, Dan is being wheeled into the ER. Uh Malucci says goodbye and because he's got to go back on another run and Carter and Cleo start to process uh, him uh, and start to treat Dan as he comes into the ER and he keeps trying to ask for Paul, his son, trying to figure out what the hell's going on with him. Um, Carter puts a chest tube in this man in a very weird place. Mm-hmm. Very he puts high. It, like up, like, yeah, like up, like above his peck almost. Yeah. Like almost to us, it's almost looks like a just a giant central line, because mm-hmm. you know they place those like up by the clavicle, but yeah. like it's almost in that spot. Um, but yeah, he does that to him while he's wide awake, which I I can't imagine feels good. No, even with a local. I know in other medical shows, Grace, they make a point to say like like we're sorry we have to do this, but this is gonna fucking hurt. Yeah. They never do that in the ER. I think hmm. Carter mentioned it like briefly in passing, but it wasn't um, <laughs> emphasized nearly as much as yeah. 
Not like, sorry, this is going to hurt. This is going to suck. Bad. We, we had a listener uh, who commented on a recent episode post uh, where Lizzie must have made one of her like dozen or so weekly references to the, to the fact that she's watched Grey's Anatomy uh, and uh, was like, I would totally listen to an episode or I would totally listen to uh, Lizzie break down every episode of Grey's Anatomy. And I think that Lizzie should just do that whole project solo just so we can call it They's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> Just Lizzie talking to herself just, in a room yep, for just, 18 just seasons. Lizzie alone in the fucking shadow realm, talking to no one. It's it's the extreme version of Who's Fixer, those. <laughs> oh, boy. All that right. sounds like the most exhausting thing I've ever heard. I need at least one person to bounce I would on. sit So, Daniel, when are you and I oh, doing okay. this? Shit. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. What happens next? Hold on. You just hurt my soul. Is see, it's funnier if it's with Daniel That's because he true. hates he uh, he hates the show. That's uh, true. Whereas Gray's, I'm approaching it with pretty much the exact same amount of uh, knowledge as I do for ER. So true. it's but, just this, but again. But still, anyway, uh, Paul's able to. There, Dan is able to see Paul through the trauma room doors, and they kind of, again, more great things. You great things. You get a nice angled camera mm-hmm. perspective looking at Paul in the other room. It's really fun. Fun? I don't know. But Cleo's holding up in the door, and then all of a sudden, is it Dan or is it Dan or Paul that starts to trend downwards? Paul. Paul, Paul starts okay. to trend downwards. That, Jim Jim Belushi pretty much maintains consciousness throughout this episode until he has to under have surgery towards towards the later stages. Uh, but we go from there back to New York where uh, Mark is filling out some forms before his surgery and asks Lizzie to sign his power of attorney form, uh, which Lizzie is surprisingly like, uh, I don't know what the word is, like unpragmatic about. Like she's very, yeah. like, she takes a weirdly emotional approach to it and is like, oh, it's going to be fine. Like I, I I'm not going to sign this because everything's going to be fine. It's like, dude, you're there's, a surgeon. You know, there's, th- there's a couple times this episode where she does stuff like that. And it makes me so mad. Yeah. I feel like it's a, I mean, it's a little thing and it's a, an admittedly minor gripe in an episode that is largely pretty flawless, but like, it's just a strange out of character bit that like, I understand it's different because when it's a family member that's going through something, but like they basically, make her seem a little ignorant here like they they make mm-hmm. her seem dumber than she is and it's just it, it's it doesn't flow well with the rest of her character no. uh but we go from there we'll we'll circle back plenty more with mark and lizzie but we go back to the er where uh mr harris needs to consent for surgery for paul's leg because he has a uh, fracture that's peak poking through the skin uh hey, so they're gonna hey, need hey, to uh, reset ow. it Ouch, kabibbles. Yeah. And we we get our one, like, contractually obligated mention of Carter's little slip-up from an episode or two ago here, but that's not really going to be followed up on at all. But uh, it's just a quick mention from Abby to Carter asking if he's told Weaver yet about the uh, pills incident. And he just says that it's on his list of things to do. I believe he says it's one of his New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, that's it. Uh, then we go to the aforementioned scene of Livy- Lizzie shaving Mark's head. And again, we know why does he have these leads or markers on before he's sanitized and shaved? And Mark and Lizzie have small talk about making sure the pipes don't freeze in their apartment when Lizzie spills all over herself. And Mark's like, oh, it's fine. You had to change into scrubs anyway to come into the surgery. You're coming into the surgery, right? And she's a little, like, hesitant about it. And then 
we see a cute little kid in the bed next to Mark watching all of this go down. So, great. Cool. Everything's fine. Totally normal one. <laughs> um, and then we go back to Dan, and he mentions being claustrophobic as he comes out of the CT. And Abby says they're still trying to get a hold of his wife. And Dan is really hoping to get a chance to talk to Paul before his leg surgery, because obviously he feels really guilty and he's concerned. Um, they've got Paul stable, but he did hit his head pretty hard during the accident, so they're trying to make sure he's all good. And we learn that Dan feels extra guilty because Deborah, his wife, may blame him for the death of their first child already, who died of SIDS at three weeks old when he dozed off and she ran to the store or something and he woke up to her screaming at Nathan, the dead three-week-old, in his crib. Oof. So they already have some baggage. Yikes. And it probably explains why he's so close to Paul now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we go back to New York. Dr. Burke is evaluating Mark before his surgery, and he, Mark is, as he says, ready to rock and roll. Uh, the precocious little boy asks, what, asks Mark what he's having done. Uh, the boy has a tumor on his heart that they're removing, and he's playing a nice little Game Boy Color, nice little Nintendo uh, yeah. promotional thing right in there again. wonder if he's playing Pokemon. Maybe. He could be, yeah. And they both just commiserate about how bad this sucks. Yeah. If it was anything like the last time we saw Game Boy Colors appear on uh, the show, which actually that might have even been Game Boy Pockets at that point. I can't remember. But mm-hmm. uh, remember that we had the one, the Christmas episode, I think last season, the Christmas episode where they were yeah. walking down the hall and there was no cartridge in the back of the uh, Game Boy, even mm-hmm. though it was I think those turned were on colors. and making noise. And we go from there. Uh, Abby has to uh, park Dan in the hall outside uh one of the trauma rooms until they find him a room. Uh, there's a little bit of chaos going on in ER at the moment. Uh, and of course we have to have a drunk uh, patient guy come out of uh, one of the exam rooms, grab onto him and start singing. What is this song, Lauren? Jesus Christ, you uncultured plebe. <laughs> Old Lang Syne? Old, really? really? Okay, I'm, fine. I'm, it's, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't, and you know, this English major. Did me. your school, no, did your schools, like, as elementary schoolers, did you guys never sing this in, like, group choir or uh, anything? No, I, we were too busy with Boot Scoot Boogie, unfortunately. Okay, that's fair. Like, but, yeah, no, I, okay, well, it's the New Year's Eve song. Oh, is it? Okay. Well. Yeah, it is. Okay, good to know that it had some yeah. kind of, like, cultural relevance to the episode. I, I, yeah. I, I saw it. It's thematic. <laughs> this episode is on New Year's Eve. I, like, the, the words and, like, the, the, the melody or whatever, it sounded somewhat familiar, but, like, I didn't mm-hmm. really know what it was, and I definitely didn't know it had any sort of uh, significance to New Year's Eve specifically. But You're welcome. Today I learned. Now you know. I'm also on Cultured Swine. I didn't know what it was. See? See? I took the bullet on that one. Lizzie also did not know. It's so hard to be an 80-year-old on this podcast, you guys. <laughs> uh, but our drunk here is played by actor E.J. Callahan, who appears in stuff like Changeling, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and the delightfully racist Wild Wild West with Will Smith. Uh, <laughs> and I swear I've seen – like, I, I really – I did a quick scan through this guy's IMDb uh, as I was doing the notes for this. I recognize him from something, but I cannot put my finger on exactly what it is. But he has one of those just, like, faces – and I just, it's really bugging me that I can't figure out uh, what I know him from. Uh, but in any event, uh, we get an excellent shot of Dan watching the staff uh, trying to get a hold of uh, Carrie, uh, who was working on Paul, to ask how he's doing. Uh, and then 
Paul is then wheeled by having crashed uh, on his way up to the OR and he's being taken into trauma too. And we get this excellent little bit too where Dan kind of wheels himself down the hall a bit so that he can see into the doors of the trauma room and yell for Paul. It's uh, really good. I mean, I, I'll be perfectly honest. I had like completely mind dumped the entirety of the Jim Belushi ER guest star um, thing. So like for shame, I, I was like riveted by him this whole episode. I was like, damn, we really don't talk enough about Jim Belushi in the uh, upper echelon of great ER guest stars. Like my man, and this is his only episode. So like yeah, my, my man yeah. comes in, does one really great episode and then walks away. Like, it's just really great. I feel like the guest star thing on the Tonys this season is going to be like everyone, but anyone, but James Cromwell. Yeah. This star. is, I mean, we're, we're really in like the, the like halcyon days of the fucking guest stars on this show. Like there, there really aren't very many bad ones. There's pretty much, it's like you have good ones and then you have great ones. And like, it's going to be really tough to narrow that down when we get to the, uh, the season wrap up. But, uh, Malucci, checks in on dan where they have him in the curtain area uh carter tells him how his cat scan how his ct went uh dan is complaining about the chest tube hurting him at it gets him a little more morphine uh, but paul's oxygen was low and they weren't sure why potential bruising of the brain leading to a, to a gcs of 10 yeah I that's bad i i feel like we've we've gone through the gcs thing a couple of times and i want to say it goes from like four to 12 i think was what we figured out before i it, i'm i know i'm somebody's screaming into their yeah. their fucking podcast app that i'm an idiot but like i also like too that for for this uh exchange in particular they really make they almost make the dialogue seem brisker than usual which i think is because you're supposed to be kind of viewing everything from dan's perspective so like he doesn't know what any of these words mean and so like everything seems like it's kind of just like washing over you even more than it already usually does but a cop comes by to get an accident report. But a cop comes by to get an accident report from Dan, and the cop is played by. Uh, actually, I don't even know that I've. Uh, I I didn't grab the the guy's name, but I was more so interested in the fact that like uh, so the the officer here is Officer Dursey, who is apparently the same officer from uh, All in the Family, and will apparently be making three more appearances through two thousand and two. So it's just like I continue to be amazed by this show's. Uh, just fucking why did they bother like I just it's insane to me and Lauren uh, did some research thanks to us uh, not shipping out our book that we still need to Jesus mail out we, prom- we, we promise it's coming um, I was able to look up in the index and find the highest score you can get with for the GCS is a 15 oh 15 okay well there you go yeah so 10 so, doesn't seem ideal. So if we're, if, we're, if we're keeping score at home, Clash stands and GCS stands uh, don't come for us. Yes. Uh, we're professionals. It's fine. Yeah. But the witnesses say it was Dan's fault and that he ran a red light. <sighs> and then we go to Lizzie and Mark sitting in the, in the um, room for pre-op with very tense music pulsing in the background. I Lizzie, love the soundtrack with of your, this episode. I did too, but with your subwoofer underneath your computer, this was such an uncomfortable scene <laughs> to watch. Oh, yeah. It was just like, womp, womp. She just put your foot on and just felt the vibrations. No, it was spooky and weird. But um, Mark gets popped over onto the gurney by the transport guy, and they're going to they're gonna wheel him back. And 
right before he gets so Lizzie's walking with them and right before he gets to the doors where she can't go through he starts to say if I don't make it through and she goes shh don't talk like that which makes me so mad because if this is his potential last moments you let him have this it's not about you and your comfort Elizabeth you don't get to soothe yourself here you let your damn potentially dying husband say what he needs to say you always let me say whatever the hell I want to you before I go into surgeries yeah, and that's what I'm saying. She does. She tries to silence him. She doesn't. Makes me mad. <laughs> I but agree. I'm also I agree. Very, I'm also very guilty of trying to fix everything and not letting Elizabeth be mad. So we all have our <laughs> we all have our shit. But this was a moment where I was like, "Can you stop shushing him?" Because this is not the only time she's done that. She's done that at so many points in him trying to process his illness, mm-hmm. where she like tamps it down, and it's like maybe he just needs to talk through it and be scared. Right, and some of the most like productive conversations they've had about it are when she's let him have just a little bit of a right. little bit of darkness as a treat. Like yeah. <laughs> when they had their little uh, exchange in the in the waiting room yeah. uh, where they were like uh, the, well, the what sad was it? sad ba- yeah the sad bastard committee yeah like like so that's been some of the like best and probably most cathartic stuff for him. So it's like just let him have it a little bit. Uh, but then I want to note when they uh, when they start taking him back and they like they finally lay his head down. They nail how it feels to be a patient rolled back into surgery with everyone talking like you weren't even there. I love the transport guy too. Right? <laughs> but it's just Such like... A, so aggressively New York. I I so remember feeling like this when I got wheeled back from my mm-hmm. first hand surgery and when I got wheeled back from my spinal surgery. It was mm-hmm. just like, for the transport guys, you are literally just cargo. Yeah. Like they're, yeah. they're polite and everything, but when they're wheeling you, they don't... They're not worrying about fussing over you they're just getting you from point a to point b Uh and i just remember this exact same feeling and then being in the surgical suite and just waiting for your meds to kick in and like getting a glimpse of what's going on around you Mm -hmm. oh there and he's like can i get something to like calm me down take the edge off and as he's waiting and talking to the anesthesiologist a guy behind him revs the damn (laughs) bone saw like don't do that can you not? <laughs> I mean, they probably want to make. They couldn't have done that like five minutes earlier before. Five the minutes guy comes earlier in. or two minutes later. Right. Yeah. But like, right while he's being wheeled in and trying to talk to his doctor, can you not? This is my favorite scene in this episode and top 10 scenes in the entire show for me. Yeah. Pre, the I, pre-op? Like, the, I love it. It's perfect. Just it's perfect sound design, it's perfect camera work. It's the sense of dread that you encounter just in this one scene alone. Like, I was scared for him. Mm. And I always will be scared for Mark when this is happening. A, because I know, like, what that's like. Right. I mean, obviously, I haven't had, like, the bone saw part of it. (laughs) But, like, just that is, that perfectly encapsulates Mm. that feeling Mm -hmm. in a way that, few other scenes in this show really truly do for whatever subsequent emotion they're trying to portray i will say i was jealous they actually let him scoot onto the operating table like a big kid because every time <laughs> i've been put to sleep on the gurney and then moved like luggage no. i've never gotten to get on i've this. always i've always scooted Mm-mm. especially when i had my back surgery because they didn't want me in the wrong position to start with Fair. they knocked me out and then a team of them just like Bleh. yeah I, i'm trying to remember when i had my hand surgery like i don't 
I think I was either already gorked by that point or like yeah. or they just moved me and I don't remember it like because I definitely don't remember doing my moving myself. No, I vividly remember they had the mask on me while I was still on the gurney for my back. Mm. I mean, that makes sense. They wouldn't. And I went and I went to try and move and they were like, nope, we're going to do it all for you. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. But just, uh, it's perfection and I love it. Yeah. Moving on. Okay. What's not perfection is Paul is in a mild coma, for lack of a better term. And yeah, so she's, he's still got uh, basic responses and everything, but he's just not waking up right now. Um, Carrie encourages Dan to still try to talk to him because he may be able to hear him. And uh, I just want to note, as, as Dan is holding his hand and talking to Paul and everything and just cuddling up on him and just being a good dad, we don't deserve Jim Belushi. He's so good in this role. Mm-hmm. He nails it. And I want him in like eight more episodes. Absolutely. I Yeah. Ugh, I can't say enough good things. Like, and for an actor that like, I don't really care that much about normally, like according to Jim was maybe the most dispensable uh, sitcom of my middle and high school years. Like it, it's a total, like I call them Jiffy Lube shows. Like they're the shows that are playing in Jiffy Lube while you're getting your oil changed. You're not meant like it's fucking King of Queens. According to Jim fucking yes, dear. Like it's all shit that like aired on CBS or ABC in the mid aughts that like, you're not meant to actually watch this or absorb any of it. So like Jim Belushi totally is emblematic of that to me of just like easily ignorable, easily passed by. He always gets overshadowed by his much more talented, uh, much more famous brother. And it's like really not that fair because like, actually he's pretty good in like a lot of things. I mean, he's been in his fair share of shit burgers too. Don't get me wrong. But like, he's almost always like, at least inoffensive and is usually pretty good and seems to be like a pretty like chill guy overall. Like just kind of his, yeah, like his, his whole brand is pretty chill. Well, yeah. Considering he does a lot of work with, you know, marijuana, I'd hope he's pretty chill. <laughs> if he has shitty opinions, he's at least pretty mellow about them. Mm-hmm. Good for him. All right. So let's go to our next audio clip here. Uh, Mark is being woken up in the middle of the surgery. Mark, Mark, hey, Mark. 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 Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Mark. Breathe for me. Let's check the lapel mic. <coughs> Test it. One, two. How you doing there? Test it. Tell me your name. Mark. Mark what? Mark Green. Hi, Mark. I'm Dr. Malcolm from Neurology. How many fingers? I can't see. He needs his glasses. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Fingers first, Mark. How many? Three. Elizabeth. I thought you might like some company. I said. <laughs> Thanks. All right, Mark. I'll be doing the language testing while Dr. Burke maps the brain. I have an itch. Where? Find my knee. May I? Sure. Left or right? Left. Okay, Mark. Name the months of the year. January, February, March, April. Uh, Ah, that's it. A little lower. Uh, May, June, July. 
I would be so pissed if I was this neurologist with Lizzie in there. Just this whole episode. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, I just. That would not be allowed. No, because she gets in the way of so much of this. Mm-hmm. Uh... Also, why would you, you as. I mean, I understand like, the desire to be with someone while they're going through something. Mm-hmm. But, like, why would you want to go into a room where your husband's brain is being cut into? And especially after she... I certainly wouldn't want to be in a room where Lauren's brain is being cut into. I love you, but I'm leaving that to the professionals. I don't want to see that. They... You also don't want to distract them. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and they make it sort of... They don't spell it out, but they sort of do make it clear earlier in the episode that she's really not comfortable with the idea of being in the room to begin with. So, like, something obviously changed. Because even as they're wheeling him in for the pre-op stuff, she's like, eh, no, probably not going to be in there. Like... And then something changes because she ends up in there. I do love the camera work, though, when he's, like, coming mm-hmm. coming out of the fog and, like, getting his bearing straight. Like, you do get that really cool kind of, like, fisheye lens effect. Uh, I hate coming out of general anesthesia. Oh, yeah. I it's not it fun so for anyone. And I, I would say that this is actually, like, as, in ter- as far as, like, what you're capable of per- uh, portraying at any given time at, at this point in time, like, this is a fairly realistic portrayal of what it feels like to come out of a general anesthesia. Like you do sort of feel like it's not like a rush back into reality. It is sort of like, it's like the beginning of a podcast in a way. Like it's kind of, it's a slow fade. Like they slowly fade the sound in the way I describe it is you're clawing your way back to consciousness. Yeah. It's the exact, if you want a close approximation of how it feels for me to come out of a grand mal seizure, it's like I'm fighting my way out of general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, it's not a fun feeling, but it, I will say that they do capture it pretty pretty effectively here. Um, but we also get, uh, and we may have seen him in the, the pre-op thing, but this the voice that you hear at the beginning of that clip is one of my favorite, oh, hey, it's that guy's. Uh, and I once I realized who it was and I realized that this was all we were going to get out of him in the show, I was kind of bummed out because he's one of my favorite kind of like, bit character actor people he's a fantastic actor so the anesthesiologist there dr hammond he is played by actor robert wisdom who appears in stuff like face off uh, the movie ray and eventually whenever lauren gets around to continuing to watch she I'm, will i'm in- gonna watch more this weekend she will encounter him in the wire uh where he plays uh sergeant buddy colvin who is one of the best like Certainly, I would say, like, top five characters for me in that entire show. Like, he is just so good. And I just love this character. I mean, I just love this actor so much. And, like, he is such a... He's one of those actors who, like, is a weirdly, like, uh, comforting presence for me when he shows up in things. Like, I just... It's like John Candy. Like, when John Candy shows up in things, I just... I get, like, warm and fuzzies. And, like, I sort of feel that with this guy, too. Like, I just love when he shows up in things. Uh, and he's got 107 credits to his name. Uh, but uh, we go back from there to uh, Dan asleep on Paul's chest when Carrie uh, brings his wife in to see Paul. And uh, they're just about to take Paul up for, to surgery to fix his leg. And it's right about now where Dan fesses up to his wife uh, that he ran a red light and that the uh, – he or at least he's told he, – because he doesn't remember the accident itself, but he says that they tell him that he ran a red light and that this was his fault. And uh, the wife is like – you can just see kind of like she can't believe this is happening again and is just like pulling back and is – it's not great. And right about then, he starts to complain of some extreme chest pain, and Carrie and Malik uh, rush him off to 
get him taken care of. Uh, and Mrs. Harris here is played by actress Linda Boyd, who appeared in stuff like Virgin River, uh, The Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift, uh, the apex of the Fast and Furious. I don't know. Like I just no. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I just like saying it. It has the fun, the most fun name of any of the uh, Fast and Furious movies. Uh, and uh, the TV series Arrow. She also had a recurring role on that. Uh, and she has 152 credits to her name, which I think means that Belushi just barely edges her out for high watermark uh, actor for the episode. Uh, but definitely 152 is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, but we go from there back to uh, Mark's surgery where he's having his brain mapped uh, and they're doing the neuro exercises. And it's time for our season seven contractual at, at Lauren uh, obligation here because Mark suffers another seizure. Uh, this one's two. It's the seizure in the car accident. Yeah, that's right. Holy cow. Wow. They they just knew. They just knew that they were going to be adding one specific millennial 20 years down the road. Call that a two. Oof. I'm breaking out in nervous sweats right now talking about this episode, so that's where I'm at. Oof. It's also warm in this room. <laughs> uh, so this is... But what, what happens, I, I, Dan? I will say, though, this might be my favorite section of the whole episode though not the seizure itself but the the oh, good the little like uh montage i guess you call it like where mark's life is basically passing before his eyes like this is very reminiscent to me of um some of the stuff that they would do in uh gosh uh, time of death the ray Liotta episode mm-hmm. like when they would cut in and out of his sort of like under general anesthesia delusions and and uh hallucinations like that was very kind of much the, the the vibes that I was getting from this. And I was really, really into it. Like, I just, I, I thought it was really cool visually styled. I thought it was a really, it was, we got a, we got a brief blink and you miss it. Uh, Jennifer green appearance uh, mm-hmm. with a really somehow bitchier haircut than the ones she already has been featured with. Uh, we also get, it was, it was great. Yeah. We, we get uh, both Mark's parents making brief appearances. Uh but neither one of those was new footage, though. I think those were both um, previous pre- uh, just stuff just pulled from previous episodes. Um, whereas the, the Jennifer appearance, I think that was a, a new scene that was filmed. Um, but yeah, I, I really like this. I think I mean, it's a it's upsetting, of course, and it's like traumatizing. But as a as a moment, I really thought it was great. That's why I did not get audio thank of you. it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Doing small favors for me. <laughs> Uh, but uh, they are not able to resect the tumor until he is awake and alert, uh, but can't mm. sedate him to fix the seizure or they can't finish the surgery. Mm. So they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place here. Mm-mm-mm. All right. And after that, all that horrifying, whatever you want to call that, you said life flashes. All of it. After that awful seizure. Just after that awful seizure. Let's uh, listen and see what's up with Mark. <coughs> Good gag with the scope. Might be lightening up. Mark? Come on, Mark. Come on, buddy. Try and wake up. Mark! Uh, no response to painful stimuli. His eyes are open, but he's out of it. How long since the seizure? Half an hour. Still no significant change in GCS. Well, maybe we should just close up and come back in a few days. In a few days? You've just opened his skull. Hey, what's, what's going on out there? 
You had a seizure during mapping, Mark. We had to wait. I'm okay. Keep going. You heard the man, Dr. Malcolm. Okay, Mark. Name things that start with the letter B. Baseball. Buckley. Brazil. Bamboo. Burke. Brain. Procol. You okay? Fine. How are you feeling? Okay. I'm sleepy. Excuse me. Uh, come on now, Mark. Things that begin with B. Ah, uh, baby, boy. So you think we're going to have a boy, do you? Just a hunch. We could find out if you like. Let's... Let's wait. See. Well, then we have to argue about boy and girl names. What about Jesus? Jesus? That's Jesus. Jesus Green. I'm sorry, Mark, but I need you to work with me here. More bees. Okay. Bobby? Bill? Bradley? Bubba? I don't know what it is. I just like the way she just says, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's just so precious the way he says it. Bubba. Bubba. <laughs> Do we want Jesus Green? Is that what we want? I love how she says it. That's Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Green. Uh, I can totally see where you're coming from, though, with the uh, everybody else in the room has got to just want Elizabeth to disappear into the cosmos. Like, she is getting like, in the way so much. They're trying to get shit done here. Right. Like that the, the the one like the speech doc, like she just keeps just like, okay, well, let's get back on like <laughs> It's me when I'm having a night and I want us to be done. <laughs> right. Yeah. She's gonna come up and be like, What happens next? But isn't that like but like when he says brain, isn't that when they pull some pull part of the tumor? Yeah, out? which Lizzie pauses yeah. is clearly kind of like thrown off by and stops and it's bleh. I was surprised they showed that actually, but I guess I shouldn't be with this show. Like they'll they don't usually pull from very many punches, but that was yeah. ugh, that was a particularly oogie yeah. one. Also, thirty minutes after his seizure, it took him that long to be responsive. Right, ugh. and they're all just standing I'm, there. I'm glad you're responsive, like almost immediately after yours. Oh, good. Me too. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess like since he's in a doctor's office, it's not as bad as it could mm -hmm. be, but like. Also, I don't know if we caught if we um, mentioned this, but when the audio clip is going, or not the audio clip, but when his life is flashing before his eyes and stuff, you can hear the doctors talking in the background, and he says something like, "We can use saline to cool the brain, but we can't give him Ativan mm -hmm. or something like that." And I'm just like, I'm trying to. I don't know. In my mind, I'm like, it's not a febrile seizure. I guess because they were giving it ex excess. Ex electronic stimulus themselves yeah. maybe that's like, why they think it could help yeah. but, milliamps of yeah. electricity to map out to help map out the brain but while i'm just talking. like huh. yeah just all of it no mm -hmm. 
no. Lizzie, you're not allowed to come in because I would want that done as fast as humanly possible. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, would, I would never want to be that. I would be I'd be thrown up in the corner. I'm going to make you come into my MRI if possible, but not to any brain surgeries. I don't think I'll be able to do but that. But you know but what we'll, I we'll mean. We'll try. We'll try. I'll be at least be with you out in the hallway. <sighs> so anyway, shall we carry on out of my nightmare scenario <laughs> and into something completely different? Go please? for it. Please, please, thank you. Um... So we go over to Dan, and he is feeling better after they gave him some uh, nitro drops under his tongue, you know, to help with the chest pain and everything. And uh, Luca is taking over now that Carter is headed off for the night, and Luca explains that it was an angina, except as he says it, angina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> angina can cause one to pass out due to not getting enough blood to the brain, and... Uh, Dan realizes the accident may not have been his fault. If this has been an ongoing medical issue, he could have had a like momentary blackout that could have caused him to run the red. Uh, and then he starts to have a heart attack, and they need to rush him to the cath lab. Jesus, this episode. And the hits keep on coming. Uh, let's go to Mark Postop. Hey, Mark. Do you know where you are? Hospital. That's right. You're in recovery. What's the date? New Year's Eve. And who's that? Never seen her before in my life. <laughs> pretty darn cute. Hold out your hands. Wiggle your fingers. Right, now wiggle your toes. Very good. How did it go? Fantastic. Resected the tumor with clean margins. Chemotherapy wafers are in. You see, you made it. I told you. I get some rest, both of you. I'll be back in an hour for a neuro check. Do you remember anything? Something about baby? We discussed a boy's name. We're gonna have a boy. No, you're not. Yep. No, you're not. <laughs> No, you're not. That's fine. You can still name the baby Jesus if you want, but no, you're not. <laughs> Ella Jesus Green. Another, another little, per, another like excellent little delivery. She's pretty darn cute, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. I'm sorry. This when I when when I think of Mark, my favorite character on the show, Mark Green. Stuff like this is what I think of. Yeah, episodes like this. It sucks that it uh, has to come under such shitty circumstances, but it is mm-hmm. it is an objectively uh, good good bit of character work here. I didn't realize how hard this episode was for me until we're talking about it. But boy, I am I am on the struggle bus over here, you guys. At the at the end of the season, we're gonna have to do the counter of uh, Bangs versus Twinkles. We're gonna have to do the counter of previously on ERs, and we're gonna have to do the times where Lauren felt personally added by season seven. Uh, and also potentially the shitty kids list. Right now, we're only up to two, but potentially the shitty kids. It, list. it could always grow. Did the 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 kid with the heart no. thing? No. Make your list now. He oh. was having a rough time, and he was not over the top. And and he had a Game Boy. That was that was and that was a, a that was a color that a, she approved of. Yep. So we're good. All right. Shh. Just because that was in the notes. <laughs> <laughs> See through purple or GTFO. I had, I believe, lime green. That was my Ugh. yeah lime green. My my Game Boy Pocket was blue, and my original Game Boy color was purple. My Game Boy Pocket, I think, was gold, and my but my Game Boy color was definitely lime green. I never had a Game Boy Pocket. I went right from the the fat, the OG original Game Boy to the thick boy, 
to the color because I because my, my parents didn't spoil me growing up. <laughs> I was nope. I'm I know. Not, <laughs> I'm giving shit. I'm sorry. No, I was gonna do an accidental trauma dump, and we don't need that on tonight's episode. There's so. there's already enough of that. Anyway, uh, let's go to our next audio clip here. We don't really there's isn't really like anything like that Mr. Harris brings to the overall storyline. So I didn't really got anything before this, but it's just, this, I think it's just a good bit of acting from one Jim Belushi and everyone else in the room. Because, hey, Kason, what's up? Uh, Mr. Harris is in the cath lab. God, feels like someone parked a Volvo on my chest. He's still throwing PVCs. Could be his chest, too. Try to reposition. I need to talk to my wife. I'll explain what happened. Just relax. Oh, God. Me and my son right I had to be arguing when this happened. How old is he? Fifteen. Part of being that age. He needs your support the most when he wants it the least. You a dad? No. Mrs. Harris would like to come in. For a minute. You look like a nurse. <sighs> Paul's awake. Is she okay? Yeah, they, they took the tube out, and he's breathing on his own, and well, he's asking for a cheeseburger. Oh, God. Thank you. Hey, honey, what happened? You okay? I got a black artery on my heart. I guess those sliders finally caught up with me. Yeah. Well, the docs figure that the blockage made me pass out this morning. That's what caused the accident. God, I'm really sorry about downstairs. I just, he was lying there and- uh, Maybe you thought I did it again. Dan, stop. Okay, I think it's time for visiting hours to end. Mrs. Harris. Tell Paul, see him in a bit. You better. One of the unfortunate side effects of watching this episode on a plane was that I totally missed that that was Kaysen. <laughs> it just completely glossed over the uh, fact that that was Kaysen. I did too, and I watched it twice, once on a TV and once on a computer, and I missed it. Well, I'm glad I can identify people based on their voices. Yeah. Also, one minor nitpick thing in this scene. Everyone's wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everyone. The His... Paul's uh, Dan's wife comes in with a mask up to her face. Yep. Immediately, immediately takes it down and starts. removes it, and no one yeah. is like, "No, keep that up." Yep. I mean, it's pretty uh, pretty uh, true to life based on the last you know two years, three almost three years of our lives. Like, where if, if somebody can fuck up how to use a mask, they will absolutely do it. And also, why is Luke a part of this procedure? Right, yeah. There's no reason why he should be involved in this at all. Like, brings him up, hands him off to Case, and like that should be the end of it. Like, Lucas shouldn't be involved anymore after this point. Which also one of the ER nurses is there too. I forget which. Who is it? I'm gonna. Say oh yes, uh, Lily. Lily is there. Lily, thank yeah. you. Lily I was, was like, gonna be the first one I named, yeah. and I had no idea. Lily, Lily is there. Yeah, it's really so, yeah. interesting. Luca and Lily. One of one of the things I think actually that makes this episode really sneaky good is that like yes technically this is a green centric episode 
but it's a green centric episode from the perspective of being a patient, not a doctor. Mm-hmm. And so for so between Green and Dan, you have virtually the entire episode be the the episode is patient driven rather than doctor driven. So like for the first time in a long time that I can really remember, like almost all of the docs in this episode are all um, expository. Like they're all there just mm-hmm. to further the plot and further the story of the patients rather than the patients being there to further the story of the doctors. It's yeah. they flip everything on its head and they make the whole episode be from the patient's perspectives. And the doctors are basically just there as set dressing because th- not a single doc in this episode with the exception of green, but again, it's him as a, as a patient, not a single doc in this episode is uh, important. You could change out any of the moving parts of these various stories you could change out all these moving parts you could have luca be the one who's doing the ride along and have malucci be the one who brings dan to the cath lab you could have carter be uh you know in on something like that all the parts are completely interchangeable and i think that's what makes this episode work so well is that it is so uh so like laser focused from the patient's perspective and it's such a change of pace from what we've become accustomed to mm-hmm and congratulations, you just took a large chunk of my I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Reasons sorry. why I love it. And this is why we're all in the podcast together, because we all read each other's minds. That's right. Uh, well, we go from there to uh, Mark starts acting altered in his recovery room, uh, tries to unplug himself from the monitors and leave because he, quote, left the oven on. He's, like, muttering about lasagna and, like, other random bits. Where like, are my keys? Yeah, and- like, it's, it's actually really like the 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 pre-op stuff is is good too but like for me this is the most harrowing scene in the episode for me like that watching him be so altered for some reason really struck a chord with me and it was like a really uh dreadful kind of scene to watch um lizzie wants to get him sedated with ativan and get dr burke dr burke back try to say that five times fast lizzie don't do it uh right away uh but the nurse can't take her orders because she's not actually there in a doctor capacity she is there as a family member Uh, and of course dr burke is away for an emergency consult at the moment so we will circle back to that in just a little bit uh romano comes in to make his uh contractually obligated appearance this episode and uh, comes into the cath lab to see what's going on with dan and wanted to use him for a potential study and uh, is very upset that they're already kind of poking at him. Uh, and uh, turns out they made a small tear in one of his vessels, uh, and they're going to have to do open heart surgery on him to save him at this point. So, hey, we'll circle back to that in just a bit. But before that, let's go to our last audio clip of the episode here. Uh, Mark is significantly less altered, not altered at all. Um, he's also with Burke and Corday. What were the three things I asked you to remember? Huh? The three items. Remember? Um, giraffe, beach ball, 123 Main Street. Three for three? Do you know what happened to him? Who? A heart kick. Uh, they got into the OR. It's touch and go. Why don't I have somebody from psychiatry come down and talk to you? No, thanks. Now, I recommend it to all my patients. Depression suppresses the immune system. It can hinder recovery. Don't need a therapist. Could get this fully out. If you have urinary retention. Nurse could throw another one in. Mark. Sooner I get it out, sooner I can walk. Sooner I can walk, sooner I get out of here. No offense. 
Okay. I'll take out the Foley. Bathroom privileges? Only if somebody walks you. You're a lucky guy, Mark. There has never been a more successful treatment for your tumor. If you believe that and mobilize your inner resources, you're going to survive. So, yeah, about that. So there was actually a little bit of a mix-up here with where this happened in the episode. Because actually, this spot of the episode is where the kid starts bleeding out and Mark yells for help. Mm. And then there's a scene that I'll talk about in a second with Romano and Dan. And then this audio clip happens afterwards. Ah, well. So just a little bit of, little bit of continuity error. Hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Um, just kidding. We're keeping Lizzie. But, You're uh, fired. But no. So <laughs> rewinding a bit in time, right before this happens, Romano wheels Dan off to surgery and says, say goodbye to Dr. Kovach. Just excellent Romano delivery here. And Dan goes, I want a second opinion. And is rightly panicking because they're about to wheel him into open heart surgery. And uh, Romano goes, well, you could get that, but you'd be dead. Um, <laughs> so good. So good. Um, when we when we get a chance to talk to Paul McCrane, I want to ask him how the fuck he managed to deliver these lines so deadpan and excellent. Just like, because just, ugh, best worst doctor ever. Um, and we get a rare sighting of Mis- Dr. Mr. Carrie Weaver, Dr. Babcock, because uh, he's the anesthesiologist, of course. And we see Benton is scrubbing in with Romano, which is neat. We haven't seen Benton in too many surgeries lately, if I'm right. I don't believe we've seen him in too many this season. Not really. So. Um, and then Dan's panicking as they start to, you know, put him under for anesthesia and says, please pass on the message that he loves Paul and that he's proud of him. Which they, they, they so. do the same thing that Lizzie tried to do earlier in the episode where they try to tell him, just shut up, you'll be fine. Like, tell him yourself later. Yeah. And it's like, just let him have it. But then the scene we listen to happens. And what do we think of that scene? I, it's, it's yeah, it's totally, you know, Fine. I'm just still eternally because this is how you know brain damaged I am. I'm I'm still eternally like interested in the timeline of events. Of like, did they always plan on what ended up happening happening? Like, did they always plan on it being a we're gonna tease that Mark's gonna die, he's gonna survive, and then we're gonna whip a little relapse on you, and he'll actually go then? Or was this just planned to be his season seven story, and then they were? trying to brainstorm ways of how to get him off the show next season. And then that was what they ended up coming up. You know, I'm just curious about how the order of, cause they really do a very good job here of lulling you into a real false sense of security that this is all going to be brushed under the rug and like, he's going to be fine. And then, you know, next season, of course, they're going to pull the rug out from under you. So it's like, I would just love to know like <laughs> what the, what the, the thought process was. And like, was this always the plan to do it exactly the way we're going to watch it? The thought process is we wanted to torture the audience as much as possible. Especially Lizzie. Oof. Tiny little, what is this, 2000? 2001. Tiny little 12-year-old Lizzie. 2001. But early 2001. Yes. I have a later in the year birthday, September. I'm aware. I, you asked what year it was, so I was just saying what year it was. Anyway, but yeah, after that, after that audio, there's a great fake out of Benton pronouncing time of death on someone and a sheet going up over the camera and then roll it. The, rolling the camera aside to show Dan is just fine and thanking Benton. Uh, <laughs> I love it. It gets me every <laughs> fucking time. I've seen this episode at least five times probably because this is one of the ones that you and I throw on a lot. And 
Like this, every time I'm like, he's going to be dead. He's never <laughs> dead. And it gets me every fucking time. It's so good. Yeah. It, it is. It is a it's, masterful bait and switch. It's such a good little practical joke that they pull on you. It's it's one of the few times where they let it be happy instead. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. But yeah, the car accident apparently has saved Paul's life. Dan's life. Or saved Dan's life, as it were. Um, but yeah, they he's wondering how Paul is, and then they wheel him in. Uh, uh, Dean from Gilmore Girls says, and you ever hear of a yearly checkup? <laughs> I hate this kid so much. Oh, wait, no. Can he? He's technically a he minor. He is technically he a minor. Yes, he, he is technically a minor. Give me a pen. Yes. <laughs> he, gets, he gets to it go took on him, the shitty kids It list. took him all the way. I want to point out that it he lost consciousness in the first five minutes of this episode, and li- and Lauren put him on the shitty kid list within the first 30 seconds of him regaining consciousness at the end of the episode. Lauren likes her kids unconscious and silent. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can't argue with it. <laughs> just like Christ. I like, just like I like my dog sitting, calm and potato. Yes, <laughs> but yay, they love each other and they're gonna get healthy and they're gonna go running together. Maybe, yeah, that's the, that's the joke. <laughs> in a in a different episode, like a, a a differently constructed episode, this would be schmaltzy as fuck, and I would hate it. And I hate it anyway. It's it it manages to pull it off. Like it manages to stick the landing and work. And I think it's just a I, testament to the the perfection of this episode. I only actually like it because Belushi's great. Yeah. But like this kid with any other dad actor, right. it would be terrible. Yeah, and, the, and but that brings up a that brings up another good point too. Of like, I don't think this episode works as well with almost any other guest star. Like, I think yeah. that this is. I think this episode. A lot of episodes work in spite of the, you know, parts that make them up. This episode is one that succeeds because of it. Like, it is such a strong guest performance from uh, Jim Belushi that it really, like, elevates this episode and makes the concept work. And I really like that about it. Uh, but Stop taking my end summary <laughs> points. <laughs> we go to the last scene of the episode where Lizzie and Mark are watching the ball drop on TV. Uh, his Foley still isn't out. It's been three hours since they put in the order. Uh, Mark just go at, says, give it to God and has Lizzie remove it and walk him to the bathroom as fireworks go off outside. Holy uh, shit. God damn. The, the facial expressions that he makes when she's pulling that Foley out. <laughs> like... Get me a screen cap of that face that Mark is making. No, nope. nope. <laughs> we don't need it. It's, it's fine. It um, didn't happen. Discord. Uh, I'm talking strictly to you right now. Discord. <laughs> Get me that hey, screen just cap. Remind me, to, remind me tomorrow, and I'll take care. Oh of Oh my god, I should have used that as the clip for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Mark getting his foley out. Oh my god. And did we catch uh, on the TV when they're watching the ball drop? Uh, uh, soon to be convicted felon, uh, Rudy Giuliani. Uh, up there, no. up there, helping Dick Clark uh, raise the ball. Yeah, fuck Rudy Giuliani, uh, but don't fuck this episode because it's great. It is an excellent yeah. episode. Uh, this one gets a solid ten out of ten for me. It's for reasons that Daniel has already <laughs> stated throughout the episode. <laughs> yeah, jerk. Uh, um, but mo- no, mostly I just love because it's so hyper focused on two storylines. Mm-hmm. And I love the episodes that just hyper focus on just a couple storylines like this, yeah. like, mm-hmm. and because it's such a unique episode, be, like Daniel said, from being told from the patient perspective, mm-hmm. 
I think because of that, this is this isn't one on the list of episodes. The like, hey, I want to see what ER is all about. I would put this on. Abs- put this on absolutely. there. Absolutely. You don't need to know any of the characters. You don't need to know any of the things. Even if you just are meeting Mark for the first time, you'd be like, oh, this guy's getting brain surgery. That sucks, and he's scared, and his yeah. wife is yeah. being weird about it, and. Because, you know, she, he's getting fucking brain surgery and awake brain surgery at that. Yeah. And then Jim Belushi is just Jim, Jim Belushi. Belushi. Yeah. yeah. And, what? A, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. And Dean lost his hockey career. Yay. Um, <laughs> I hate him so much. Sorry. Fun I, thing is, Dean, the character, actually plays hockey for a little bit in Gilmore Girls. And, until, so he, until, he until he gets hit by a garbage truck. Yeah. Until he gets hit by it and was, yeah. But yeah, ten out of ten, if not top five, top ten episodes of all time mm-hmm. in there, like and then like four to seven range probably. Yeah, for me, I fucking love this episode. That's all there's to say about it for me. Uh, mine's probably a nine, only because it only gets docked because of the dick punch of trauma it puts <laughs> towards me. So great, thanks. I hate I it. Totally fair. It's um, such a cruel uh, reality too because. This is finally an episode that Lauren didn't have to like rush around with the notes because there's not like a hundred things happening all at once. It's two storylines that are relatively well paced. And so she finally gets an episode that she can just like to breathe. breathe, take the notes, take her time, not be overwhelmed. And then it's like, ah, psych trauma, like right in the gut. And and watch it twice because we watched it. Lizzie and I just watched it once for fun. Uh, and then you went on vacation and then I had to watch it again for notes by myself. And it was just like, fuck. Um, but no, I really, again, what we've mentioned, I really love what stands out to me the most is as traumatic as this one is, this is one that I, w- I would love to put on just separately mm-hmm. because the performances are so strong. I love what they do where you have so much of it from Belushi's point of view where he's you know in the gurney in the hall trying to get a doctor's attention to find out what the fuck's happening he's trying to have some semblance of you know control or update on what's going on because he thinks he killed his fucking son so just that and then of course um like I said performances are aces all the way through the way they shoot Mark's stuff is fantastic I I can't be upset with any of it except for uh Dean from Gilmore Girls. I would also like to retract a, from way earlier in the episode yes. a previous statement. It isn't going to be the anybody but James Cromwell. It's going to be the anyone but Sally Field. God well, I think we I think we yeah. said when Sally Field showed up that we, we were we were removing her from consideration for best guest star. Yeah. But, but yes, but like the category is the anybody but Sally Field yeah. best episode. So James Cromwell, you're gonna but Jim Jim those will those will be a two spoiler. those will be two fair nominations right though, yeah. which that starts next week by the way uh but <laughs> yep but uh like with the, if we're removing sally field from consideration which i'm going to take as an excuse to remove uh the visit from consideration for uh evaluation like i think this might be my favorite episode of the season thus far like yeah. the visit is i think pretty close to a masterpiece in and of itself you know on its own but like this one, I don't think you think of as in that kind of masterclass tier of things. Like, unless you're like, you know, Lizzie, who's like watched it a thousand times and is like obsessed with it. But like, if you're just looking at ER from top down, I don't think this is an episode that you would pluck out and say like, oh yeah, this is one of the best episodes of the series. I I think I gave last week's a weaker rating, but I think for me, it's between last week and this week so far. Yeah. 
and that's we're it, only yeah i was going to say it's a testament to the the show you know where the show's at in its kind of peak right now is that every week is in consideration for best episode of the season can it stop punching me directly in the dick it though? is really remarkable how hard it is adding you <laughs> i know you've totally have to go, you've totally had a tumor board thing going on that's why it traumatized no okay never mind i just didn't get the joke oh, because you said last week's set was the one and that was the one with tumor board oh no i was more saying it because of the whole dance we do thing with oh. uh sally field but Anyway, yeah, there's, God, like there's so many. God, I keep thinking. Was that two weeks ago? They, they're thinking. They're doing so Fuck. many of these, uh, like, fucking. Every, yeah, God, you just reminded me of that because, like, they're really like going for it this season. Like, they're trying different things because the whole deposition episode too, like, dance we do, like, that is like excellent shit and is different from the usual formula. This is great shit. Guys, is different from the usual. This formula. is. This is breaking my brain because it's, because we're so fucked up on our schedule. Be recording in the future, and you're right. Dance we do is what just aired. Well, yeah, that, that's the listeners. episode that just came out this week as we're recording. So uh, that's where I was thinking. Yeah. So the greatest of gifts is the was last week's yes. episode. No, then yeah, I'm still I'm sticking with dance we do because because uh, okay. Mark's response with Carter about the whole thing is just yeah. Goddamn that like so now that, yeah fuck, I'm my. <laughs> I'm having a real hard time with this. Like, it's going to be this a bloodbath when it comes time to se- select like your nominee for best episode of the season. Like, it's going to be Jake's just brutal. Jake's just going to read the caption. It's just going to be banshee shrieking. <laughs> We're not even going to have nominations. <laughs> and the hits are going to keep on coming next week. Ugh. At least next week, it won't be a personal affront to my trauma. Fair. Just an affront to God. <laughs> That's fine. James Cromwell's worth it. Anyway, what do the listeners have to say about this one? Uh, friend of the Discord at Basic Mall says, I consider myself to be really good with some of the scenes this show has. The one where they wheel Mark into surgery, I just can't watch. I have to look away. I have had five surgeries all before the age of 11. None of them brain surgery, but still. It feels so real and it reminds me of that fear I had so much that it always causes a panic attack. I applaud the show for being able to make me feel that emotion, but it's still not fun. Uh, inappropriate use of LMAO here. <laughs> totally, totally get it, Maul. Totally get it. Um, I think the episode itself is done very well. I like the ER stuff, but I really like the scenes we get between Mark and Elizabeth. They're very sweet, and you can see how much they care for each other in these seasons. At Lee 26 Heather says, With my own kiddo fighting a glioblastoma, it hits so much harder now. Other than Elizabeth shaving his head, it's done when the patient is asleep. It absolutely captures the raw feelings between patient and loved one perfectly. And at Kyle's Gold says, When I watched this episode a few months ago, knowing everything that happens next, I remember thinking they had nerve of putting up fireworks when Lizzie was taking Mark to the bathroom after surgery, leading us to believe he'd be okay. Happy New Year. Fuck, I didn't even think about that. Like I said, they do a really good job of setting up this uh, bait and switch here. They they really make you think that this is all just going to go away and it's going to be fine. Well, nope. Well, that's about going to wrap up our episode for today, though. Thank you all very much for listening, as always. The show is brought to you in part by our patrons over at patreon.com slash podcast. For only $1 a month, you can get access to our show notes each week, and for only $5 a month, you can get an assortment of stickers, including one featuring our favorite desk clerk, Jerry, two-week early access to all of our cast and crew interviews, and over 55 hours of bonus audio and video content, including the full season recap episodes. This week says that's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> just, it's just going to be a bloodbath. That's all I'm going to say. 
Uh, freeform monthly bonus show called The Lounge. Movie reviews where we talk about a movie featuring an ER cast member and who's fixed of those where Lauren reads us some ER fan fiction. We would also appreciate it if you would follow us on our social media accounts. We are at SetTheToneER on Twitter. We are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast, And we are at Podcast on Instagram. Also be sure to check out the official Saint and Tone community on Facebook. Our theme music is provided to us by Andrew M. Edwards and Daniel. Where can folks find you at? They can find me on Instagram at dan.u. That is Y-O-U dot E-L. They can also find me on my other podcast, The Popular Court, with my co-host Jake Terrell, where we do a different pop culture topic each episode and put it through a little mock trial. And Lauren, where can folks find you at? Uh, folks can find me on my personal Twitter at lowbob92345. I don't have anything clever tonight, but I do want to say Daniel is up to some mad lad shit with a new sticker design, you guys. So Just tweet about you beating Katie's for the first time. That's gonna, that was three weeks ago by the time they did <laughs> this. So. Who knows what day. her hyperfixation will have moved on to by then. Uh, I think by then it'll be Ooblets based off video game release schedules. So Also be on Skyrim. Anyway, uh, you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at randomgamer. That's J-A-M-3-R. And thanks again, everyone, very much for listening. Please join us again next time, and have a great week. Bye.